Well, hello, hello, hello again. Here we are back with Podcavs, an original WUVA podcast. I'm your host, Sophia Moore, and after quite a long hiatus, I will admit, I'm back interviewing students of UVA once again. Today, we're going to be talking with Georgia Daniels, a stunning female fitness icon, really. She's been featured in Snapchat stories and has competed in bodybuilding competitions that just blow my mind. So without further ado, let's meet Miss Georgia Daniels. Georgia Daniels. I am a fourth year. This is my last year this year. I am majoring in religious studies, which nothing to do with what I actually do anymore. Um, (laughs) And then I went to high school in Southern Virginia in Halifax, but my family now lives in Virginia Beach area, which is always fun to during the summers go back to now. After getting to know Georgia a little bit, I wanted to know why she chose UVA out of all the schools in Virginia and all the schools in the country. And honestly, you might be surprised by her answer. I've wanted to go to UVA since like third grade, which is weird because my dad went to Virginia Tech and like all my family's from Blacksburg. It was just that school that like seemed amazing. It was just beautiful. I went to all the UVA like tech games as a kid and I just thought it was a very beautiful school. And so literally my entire life I've wanted to go to UVA. It was just an amazing school and it was local enough that I could go home, but also like my parents had to let me know that they were coming, you know what I mean? (laughs) Three hours seems like close enough that like for the weekend, if I wanted to see them, I could, but they couldn't just show up, (laughs) you know, versus Blacksburg, they could always just show up because I have family over there. So it felt like a place that was my own. I was able to kind of separate and become myself somewhere different, which was fun. That's so cool that you got into your dream school, that school that you wanted to be in for so long. That's awesome. It was quite lucky. (laughs) If I did it, I don't know what I would have done. It worked out. You're here now and you're a fourth year. How does it feel? insane uh it feels insane being a fourth year I feel like it's gone by so fast even like this semester so far has gone by fast I guess it's been literally already like two or three months but I feel old in a weird way I know I'm not old like I'm literally 21 and I know as soon as I graduate I'm gonna feel like a baby again but there's just something about it's it's gone by very fast it's funny how like how much you mature and how much you learn it's just like a short period of time so I feel like you feel very old while you're when you're fourth year in school, but I'm going to make the most of this year, but <laughs> I do feel old. I've spoken to a lot of like first years and second years. I'm a second year myself. I've spoken a lot about how the pandemic has kind of affected first years and second years, especially since we kind of like had that weird transition sort of phase. But I'm curious, how did a pandemic mess with your UVA experience in the middle of your college experience? Like, how did that affect you? I honestly think fourth year's or my year got it lucky because we didn't have to graduate during COVID. So at least we experienced COVID when we already had met all of our friends versus if I was a second year, you haven't really met your closest friends yet. So I think I am lucky in a way that like I'd already met all my close friends. It's fun to be able to hang out with your like small group, even if everything's kind of closed off, but then it's all kind of opening up so I can actually graduate and enjoy my last year. So I think being a third year during the pandemic is definitely the best year to be in a pandemic, I guess. So we got the the longest straw, but it's definitely hard for everybody. But I think we were quite lucky to have already met like most of our kind of friends already. All right. Now I'll just get into the main reason 
reason why we're I invited you onto this podcast. You do competitive, what is it, bodybuilding? What's the what's the technical term for it? Yeah, I bodybuild. And you competed for the first time a few weeks ago, is that correct? No, so this is my third show, actually. Oh, okay. So you're you are seasoned. You are a seasoned competitor. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, I did two this year. So technically, this is like kind of my second go around. So I competed for the first time last year. For people who don't know, do you mind explaining bodybuilding just in general? Yeah, for sure. So bodybuilding is definitely a a very meticulous sport, but there's definitely like a wide range of like differences between different bodybuilders. So to be more specific, I do NPC bikini bodybuilding for people that know what bodybuilding is. There's a lot of classes within bikini for men and for women. So bikini tends to not be the most muscular, um, although it's of course very hard. The strongest girls are like figure physique. So basically depending on your class depends on what they're kind of looking for. But bodybuilding basically you usually prep like 20 to 16 weeks. So for me, I prepped 20 weeks for my first show and then it ended up going to 26 weeks for my second show. So basically I was planning for this one show for six months. It's a long prep. You meticulously track your eating, your lifting, everything matters for six months to a T and then you step on stage in a bikini and five inch heels and you flex. (laughs) It's obviously more in depth, but there's like a certain post routine you have to do you have to tan really dark you got to get hair extensions there's a lot that goes into it (laughs) that's what that is we just flex on stage now i've seen some pictures and videos of female bodybuilders and might i just say it looks intense i can't imagine what kind of hard work goes into prepping for something like that and what better way to find out than to ask somebody who bodybuilds competitively so i did just that i asked georgia how she gets ready for her competitions and What goes into that? I prepped my first time actually during COVID. I think that was my way of like keeping myself busy. But I did my first show July 2021. It was a fun experience. I think your first show, it's one of the hardest thing you hardest things you ever do. And you either love it or you never do it again. It's fun in a way that I like to put myself through something really hard. I don't know. People that do it aren't always the most sane. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. I like pushing myself. And I think the most important competition is yourself. And it's a sport that it's you versus you, which I really enjoy. Even though you're getting on stage and you're comparing yourself to other people, when you get on stage that day of, you already did all the work. There's nothing else that's going to change what you've already done. And so basically when you go on stage, you're just wanting to beat your old physique. But what got me into bodybuilding, I lifted for quite a long time. I think it's been about six years now. So I've been doing it for a long time. It's something I really enjoy. I came to college and was not wanting to continue my high school sport because I was not that good. And it was just like not my cup of tea. And I think continuing lifting definitely kept me staying active, but also loving my body and being mentally and physically healthy. So I think lifting gave me a way to push myself mentally and physically without kind of letting myself go, I guess. But in high school, my dad lifted, I worked at a gym. So I've been lifting quite a long time, but I think it was kind of the next step. I loved competing and I'm a very competitive and determined person. So if you're like really into competing and like pushing yourselves to your limit, it just felt like the next step because I already took it so seriously, you know? How was your first competition? What was it like to compete for the very first time? It was hard, definitely. You don't really know what you're doing. You're in heels that are literally like five inch heels. You actually can get them from like a stripper store. Like they're not 
very cool, but you, you do really tall heels, at least for like my class. So you, it's very scary because you think you're going to trip and you have to do this specific posing routine that it's like, I have done this every single day for six months, but I'm probably going to mess it up because I am in front of 500 people. So in that mindset, it's a little scary. My first show, I was definitely slightly nervous. My last show was easy compared to that show mentally I was kind of there and I felt like the shit I felt really good but I was more calm like my third time going around my first time it's definitely very nerve-wracking my family and friends didn't really understand it because it's not a very popular thing to do so it was all their first time seeing something like this and you're also half naked on stage so it's like okay my friend did work really hard like at least let's say my mom, my mom came and although she wanted to support me, I am like in a bedazzled bikini on a stage at the end of the day. So it's kind of scary. There's a lot to uphold. And so I definitely excited I did my first show because obviously I've continued since then. I did Vine, I guess. Doing a COVID show was the hardest part because it was the only show that happened pretty much the entire year. So it was a huge uh, show. So it ended up being pretty daunting. I had to wear a mask on stage, which was something that never happens. It was fun. And I'm glad I stepped on stage for the first time. But I had to kind of get my first stage experience out of the way because it's like you never know what to expect. And you're just nervous. (laughs) You said that you're prepping 20, 26 weeks in advance. Why don't you take us through a day of prepping? It's so sciencey. Like you wouldn't think bodybuilding would be so to a T. I couldn't prep without a coach, even if I am certified in coaching. It's hard to be able to tell yourself what you need to do. So I do have a coach that kind of tells me what to do, which is awesome about that. Basically 26 weeks out, um, you kind of slowly go into it because if you were to all of a sudden jump your cardio to the amount of cardio I'm doing at the end and drop my calories, the amount of calories I'm eating at the end, your your body wouldn't be able to handle it. And so you do 26 weeks because you want to slowly decrease your calories, slowly increase your cardio. So it's like, oh, I'm getting my I'm getting everything back up without dropping my metabolism really fast so yeah basically week to week my uh, calories lower a tiny bit obviously my diet is very high protein pretty high carb I actually eat really really low fat so it's pretty high carb pretty high protein and I just slowly decrease my calories slowly increase my cardio about one week out is peak week and basically you stop drinking any fake sugars, you can't have caffeine, you can't have sauces or spices. And so it gets really particular because you want to basically prime your body to be the least bloated and the least inflamed, but also have your glycogen stores filled, which means your muscles are all full for one specific day. So you lose all this body fat. So I went from 25% body fat to 11 in six months. So I stepped on stage at 11% body fat and I really didn't lose much muscle, which I was very surprised about. Maybe a couple, you know, a couple pounds of, you know, a little bit of strength, but muscle pound wise, I didn't lose pretty much. But yeah, that's kind of the goal is to be like prime for one day. So if I were to choose a day, I don't know, random, like four weeks out, I'd probably be doing about like 45 minutes to an hour of cardio. Elliptical or Stairmaster is usually what I end up doing, something higher intensity. And so I do fasted cardio in the morning and then I eat breakfast. I eat about six meals a day, but they're very small and spread out. It keeps your metabolism up, keeps your body burning. Everything is tracked in my fitness pal. <laughs> so I eat the same exact foods every single day. So your body is used to digesting it. And then obviously I lift, I lift five days a week. And then, so I do pretty much push pull legs. I don't have to get too in depth into that, but so two leg days a week. And then I do three upper body days a week. And then I'm eating all the time. It's very funny because (laughs) 
I don't eat that much because my calories end up being pretty low. I'm not eating a ton, but it's funny because you have to just cook so much food. Just like a lot of egg whites, a lot of chicken, a lot of rice. <laughs> um, that's pretty much my day is cooking and working out. With all that hard work and competition, I can't imagine how stressful it must be and what kind of toll it can take on your mental health, especially when there's a lot of focus on the body, a lot of comparison with other people. To be a good athlete, to be a good anything, you need to have a good mental health. You need to have a healthy mental health. And so I'm curious as to what, how Georgia deals with the mental struggles of competition and bodybuilding because it's not all physical. Bodybuilding is funny. It's definitely not for the most sane, but also I wouldn't go into bodybuilding if I didn't have a really good mental health. Like I don't recommend it for people that might be struggling a little bit. So mainly if you have trouble with like eating disorders or like food troubles or anything, I would not re ever recommend it because a lot of people who do end prep end up falling into an eating disorder because it's like they've looked amazing for eight months and then now they need to gain weight like it's just your body needs rest so i almost think it's harder post-show than prep prep for me is honestly pretty easy i think the hardest part is just you tend to be exhausted you need a lot of sleep I think I tend to take it pretty well than most people. I, I post a lot of, uh, on my social media and I actually get a lot of responses to people being like, how are you always in a good mood? Because most people that do prep are always mad and sad and just not and going through it. And I guess in my mind, I have a very positive mindset of prep. I chose to bodybuild. That's something I totally cho chose to do. And it, it's expensive. So I'm very privileged to be able to do it. So in my mind, why would I be complaining to people that when I spend all this money, put all this work into looking like this, and I put my body through this, like I chose that. So I, I don't think it's ever anything I can complain about. And so I think I am very more emotional during prep than I normally would be. Meaning like if I'm stressed, I might be easier to cry, but it's just like I'm stressed, you know, it's not because of prep. But I think mental health on prep is usually pretty good because you kind of feel like you have your life together because every single day it's already decided for you. Like you don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about your workouts. There's nothing that changes. Day to day is the same, which is why I usually prep during the summer because I'm not around all of my friends. I'm at home. My family understands that I can't go out to eat. I could see how prepping, at, this is my first time ever prepping at school. And it was hard, like going out to eat and bringing Tupperware of what I'm eating for dinner. Like it's just something that's like normal for me nowadays. But the post show is the hardest part. And I mean, obviously I'm still kind of trying to like go through it right now because it's been two weeks since my show, like a week and a half. So I definitely think I can handle, I handle it better than maybe most people like that I compete against because I'm kind of seeing how they're going through it too. It's one of those things that it's like, you have to make sure you're putting yourself first and you kind of put everything else on the back burner on prep and then you're like okay it's time to go back to normal life and you really can't when you're um when you're done with your show you have to really take the time to work on your mental health so for me that's habits and i'm like okay i'm getting up in the morning i bought myself a really cool like espresso maker but it's like the cheap ones that goes on your stovetop that's like 30 dollars. and so i think i find things that makes like normal stuff a lot more enjoyable because it's like oh i have more calories i have more time what do i do with myself you know so i think it's like being able to enjoy normal foods again and enjoy working out for strength rather than a look like oh yay I can go and push weight again because I'm eating a lot of food. That's exciting. Like, let's go 
see how much muscle I can gain before my next show because that really is the end goal. So I have been trying out a lot of new recipes, which has been quite a lot of fun because I haven't been able to do that on prep and taking a lot of time in the gym to just like do stuff that's fun. Obviously, I'm like doing my programs and tracking my macros still, but it's cool that you have a little bit more leeway than you do when you prep. That's so cool. What has been your favorite thing that you've cooked so far since you finished your show? I've tried, okay, a lot of things the last couple of days. So I tried this TikTok rice and salmon thing. Have you seen that yet? I think so. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I cooked it today and I've had it twice today. So it's amazing. So this thing on TikTok where it's literally just salmon and rice, and then you get those little seaweed wraps and you just put it in there with like soy sauce, I guess. And I used like a Dijon mustard, big use whatever. And it is so good. It's like little sushis, but I pride myself in easy meals. So I just get like the packaged salmon, but like the little tuna packets, but of salmon. And it was amazing. And I go puff little seaweed wraps. That was good. And then I have been trying to enjoy my oatmeal a little bit more. So I have been blending my oatmeal. <laughs> so I, I put um, my oatmeal in a blender. And I add baking powder and a little bit of sugar-free syrup. And then I'll like do almond milk. And when I bake my oats, it's like cake. I love my TikTok recipes, but I'm avid on TikTok. But so baked oats, that's awesome. Sometimes I put it in the air fryer if I'm lazy, but that is my go-to because it makes it all fluffy. And I feel like I'm having a dessert. Without a doubt, competitive bodybuilding sounds difficult to say the least, from prep to competition days to post. So I wanted to really find out what Georgia personally thought was challenging for her and kind of how she gets through it. Prep is hard, like don't get me wrong. Hard in a way that I could not imagine anybody I know doing it. But like, I don't know how I do it sometimes. I just do it. And I think you have to have a mindset of I'm all in. There's no way to halfway do this sport versus if I were to continue doing soccer, I could eat normal meals. I could do cardio when I have time versus when you're prepping, you're prepping. So it's not something for the easy of heart. You're, you're full send it entirely. <laughs> One day you can go out to eat and drink with your friends. And then the next day it's like nothing. The last time I, I have had alcohol was April 18th, which is my 21st birthday. I drank like two days ago for the first time in seven months. So it's just like, it's one of those things that like everything stopped and it's hard. And I think the first, that's why the first show is always the hardest because you don't realize how much one cardio session matters or like how much one meal matters. There's no cheat meals or off meals. I wouldn't say cheat meals. There's no off meals. There's no skipping cardio. There's no not drinking your water. Like everything matters. The amount of steps you get, the amount of water you take in. <laughs> it's crazy. Your vitamins, like I'm taking turmeric, like it's all those random stuff. I think it's hard in a way, if I were to be doing it alone, I wouldn't know what to do, which is why having a coach is so, so, so important. And I'm, I'm lucky to have had a coach. I've now been with her for almost two years. And so I feel like she knows my body better than I do. And so I just say, yes, ma'am. And like do it at the post show. It's different because it's like, I'm not prepping for a show anymore. It's I'm done. And so it's hard to be halfway in when you're so used to being all in. And it's like, oh, I get a meal off a week now. Like I can go out to eat. That's okay. And I should be able to. So I think that's, uh, there's a lot of hate towards bodybuilders sometimes because they think, it's, oh, like it's eating disorders habits to not eat off meals. And it's like, no, 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 no. I do eat off meals, just not when I'm prepping. So like when I'm done with my show, getting used to being able to let my body have foods and not track it anymore and stuff like that. It can be stressful. So you have to 
give your body and your mind time to get used to not being so strict on yourself. When I wake up, I'm not going to look the best I've ever looked because when you're doing your show, like each day you look better getting into your show. So getting used to being like, okay, like I'm bloated today. Like that is so normal because I am drinking energy drinks again and having caffeine. Like that is normal people things to be taking uh, into your body. And I'm using salt. Like my Lord, <laughs> my Lord, I use salt. So yeah, I think this would be the hardest point is like two two weeks to like a month out after your show, letting your body rest. Every bodybuilder becomes lactose intolerant, gluten intolerant. It's terrible. So my body needs to get used to having gluten again and having lactose again. So it's been bloated a lot. I'm having some grace with my body, wearing a lot of baggy clothes and not letting myself judge myself because I worked so hard. I did really well. And now it is time to let my body rest. I know that you you mentioned that there's stigma against bodybuilding. What do you have to say to people who don't really support women doing bodybuilding because they think it's too masculine or it makes them look too manly and muscular? I love that question because that's kind of a lot what I focus my social media and content and kind of on. I think in general in the fitness community, there is a huge stigma that like what women can and can't do. And I don't like that, obviously. But a lot of what I, I teach is being muscular is okay. You don't have to be as muscular as me. I like being massive, but I work very hard to be super, super muscular. And I promise people like lifting like me is not going to make you as big as me. <laughs> but I do think there's a huge stigma around women who lift and it not being womanly and not being feminine. And I think there's nothing wrong and nothing unfeminine about being strong and being being comfortable in your body and enjoying pushing yourself mentally, physically. I, I don't think there's any gender to that, to lifting, my Lord. But huge stigma. And my Lord, do I get a ton of it. I posted a couple TikToks the other day and I am getting a ton of people giving their opinion on my body. And it's kind of one of those things that like, it doesn't hurt me. It hurts the people reading those comments and being like, oh, this girl who's so muscular and loves being that muscular gets all this hate on her body and being muscular. And so I think the hardest part of getting feedback like that is like the other girls who've been following me and following my workouts and seeing those comments and feeling like it isn't normal to want to lift and be strong. <laughs> I hate that people try to give their opinions on women and their body and what they should be doing with their body. Cause I think it is no other person's opinion besides the person that it's their own body. And at, at the end of the day, being strong and loving your own body is something that every single person should be able to, to have. That was chef's kiss right there. You would think we've come so far, honestly. And it's funny because the bigger, now that I've gotten past that like in-between phase, I do get a little bit more respect from people that do lift because they're like, oh, at least you worked hard for it. But they like to say kind of at the end, oh yeah, like I can tell you worked hard, but it doesn't look good. I, oh my gosh, I love responding to these comments. I have a couple saved of guys just being like, why do they think being the strongest pretty or is feminine or cute? And I'm like, oh my Lord. It's funny because I think you would look at me when I'm not in the gym and pumped up and think I did not lift at all. <laughs> so when I am mid lifting and all pumped up, I look big, but I can promise you all the other times people don't second guess that I even work out sometimes. So it's really not as obvious as some people think that like I look super masculine when I'm like not flexing. I don't. So my favorite thing is responding to those comments when I'm not flexing and being like, I just do not look like that all the time. <laughs> I wish I did. I really wish I looked that, uh, that muscular all the time, but I don't. 
to help get her message of female strength and body positivity out into the world, Georgia is very active on social media, on TikTok and Instagram especially. And for those of you on Snapchat as well, Georgia has been featured on not one, but two Snapchat stories that are quite a big deal. Very cool. So I've been very blessed that my platforms have been doing very well recently. And I think it has a lot to do with getting, you know, like I was saying, getting rid of the kind of the feminine stigma of being strong. And so I was on a couple Snapchat stories. I was on um, Jim Heroes is the biggest one. And I think they have like 5 million subscribers or something crazy. I'd have to look. That was just amazing. They uh, did like a whole, it was like 30 videos in a row. Like my, the whole day was about me, which was crazy. And the same thing. That's so funny. That's what they wrote about me on is they like, they kind of quoted me talking about how I think the stigma of being feminine, I mean, being strong is like not feminine, but that's kind of what a lot of it was about. That was awesome. I honestly, it's funny because a lot of people might not know about my social media sometimes. And then like 30 people, 10 seconds, like after it was posted, could see it on their Snapchat feed and like sent it to me. It's funny. That's what people, people were like, you've made it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) no. Yeah. But it's exciting because I, I had never seen, I mean, I want some Instagram reels on, on, and stuff like that, but that was the first time I'd have like, I had an interview, you know? <laughs> so I felt cool, but I was definitely very lucky because I'm on that story with people with like millions of followers, you know? So the other people that kind of have come before me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not think I compared to these people, but I have BB pros, you know? And it's like, they've been, at least the bodybuilders have been bodybuilding like five years longer than me. So it was definitely a privilege. I was very lucky to be able to, to be on them. So one of them was Gym Heroes. And then I was on Venoms, which is a uh, all women one, like talking about like strong women and stuff like that, which was cool too. That's really awesome. Do you have any advice for people who are interested into getting into weightlifting or bodybuilding? For sure. I think the hardest thing about getting into, let's say lifting first, (laughs) because it takes a lot of lifting before getting into bodybuilding. But the hardest thing about lifting is being consistent because a lot of people start out their journey and they're motivated and they're so excited and they last three days or they last a week and then they stop going. And I think the hardest thing is a lot of people do is they push themselves either too hard in the beginning. So I think it's better to go three days, two days a week for six months than go seven days a week for two weeks. You don't want to push yourself too hard, but at the same time, time you have to go past your motivation I promise you I am not motivated most of the time I do not want to go to the gym half the time but then when I go I'm very excited I'm there so I think the most important part is staying consistent finding a routine that works for you long term not just for the next two weeks what's going to work for you in six months so may that be only going twice a week three times a week and slowly upping it as you get more used to the gym second tip mainly if you're starting lifting is finding like a time same time every day or every week when you're going I actually have my paper planner and I write in when I'm going to the gym mainly when I first started going to college and it was a new gym and I just like didn't know what to do and I think budgeting in a time that it's like I'm gonna have to be at the gym at this time helps too because it's like oh I planned this time aside to work out it's not like oh I need to study like this is my gym time may that be between classes may that be like after your homework I think budgeting in time for the gym is most important it's something that's non-negotiable for me working on my physical health is important to me I, I I like to work on myself and I think keeping myself healthy is important and I think making time for it is very 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 important I guess tip number three 
three now. I think a lot of people <laughs> stop going to the gym because they don't know what to do. And I think at the end of the day, that's why I have a fitness platform. I followed Whitney Simmons workouts for the first two years I was lifting. So I think following other people's programs helps most because you're not wandering around the gym, not knowing where to go. Mainly at university gyms, all the machines are taken. You never know where to go and you're just kind of lost. You feel uncomfortable. And I don't like working out with people. So if I went with somebody else, obviously that might would make me feel more comfortable, but I think I wouldn't take my workout as seriously. So I think going into the gym with a plan, may that be a screenshot from a YouTube workout or Pinterest workout or something and going through it in order, because like, I know a busy gym can be very, very intimidating. So going to the machine, doing that workout, going to the next one, I think it makes you feel a lot more comfortable in the gym, which is something that is really, really the hardest thing is to feel comfortable in a new gym or when you are in general new to the gym. Getting into bodybuilding, you just got to hire a coach. You will never know enough to mainly for your first show to prep yourself or to do anything bodybuilding related. I thought I knew how to, you know, diet until I had a coach. I did not. Um, so I hired a coach when I decided eventually I wanted to go into bodybuilding because there's so much muscle you're going to gain with a coach that you won't gain by yourself just by having her or somebody that knows your body, like write you programs. So hire a coach, uh, do an off season with them, gain the muscle you need, because depending on the division that you want to do depends on what, where you need muscle surprisingly. So for a bikini, I needed way bigger shoulders, let's say. So I started doing shoulders like three times a week where I definitely would not have thought I needed to do. It's stuff like that. If you want to do bodybuilding, you just need a coach because there's always somebody that knows more than you, always. Outside of just being an absolute badass in the gym, I wanted to know what Georgia does in her spare time when she's not at the gym or at school. So funny honestly when you do bodybuilding that is so much of your life like it's so true when they say people who are gym people that's like one of their only hobbies because i'm at the gym three hours a day i do i guess i do more things i propagate a lot of plants i love my plants but a lot of my life is like fitness related now i know that's a very not good answer to that question but i um actually started kind of back at the beginning of the year with as an athlete for a company a, a supplement company and I actually work for them now so i kind of been lucky enough to be able to like do things I love to do in different ways. Like I'm starting to coach people and I'm starting to be able to like help people on their fitness journeys. And I'm starting to be able to learn more about supplements and learn more about programming. And I think that's very, very enjoyable. I think that's really interesting. And if you have a passion for something and that's all you want to do with your life, then that's, I think that's awesome. I think I like doing a lot of just like in general things that are active. Like, I mean, I still play soccer because my boyfriend plays soccer and I, I like doing things outside. Like I go to the farmer's market every week because I do love the farmer's market because I like cooking like fresh foods. I think getting peppers from the farmer's market for breakfast is like my favorite thing in the world. I love my plant. One of my uh, leaves opened on my Monstera the other day that I'm propagating. <laughs> I like making TikToks. Those were always fun. I don't know. I don't know what I do with my life. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. And though you're majoring in religious studies and you have a job with, would you say it was a, it's a supplements? That's so funny. So my dad's a pastor. That's kind of where that connects. I usually have to say that to make the connection. I'm pretty religious, but yes. So my major is going to have nothing with what I do after school. <laughs> all but I obviously will continue to do social media it's been growing a lot I think I honestly could do social media full-time if I wanted to in an not braggy way like I think 
personal training remotely and opening, you know, starting my own supplement company would be like the goal at the end of the day. I do work and do marketing for a supplement company at the moment. And so I think I would love, love, love to continue. Well, I'm planning on continuing with them after school. I like doing marketing for like fitness brands because I think that is what I know and what I've been doing for quite a long time now. And so that's kind of what I've actually been doing now with them, but I would be continuing to do it more full time, like after school. Yeah. I did not come in marketing. And so I was like, I do not know what to major in. And so religious studies is kind of where we ended up. I'm excited for you, for your future career and for your future competitions. Would you like to plug any of your social media accounts for the people who listen? For sure. So I have an Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. I am very not consistent with my YouTube unless I'm on prep, which is all anybody really wants to see. But um, I do have show day vlogs and stuff on there. But yeah, my Instagram is G Daniels Fitness. And so is my TikTok. It's just G Daniels Fitness. I am constantly posting on there. But <laughs> people ask a lot of questions if they actually have any like fitness related questions or programming help and things like that. I am always answering my DMs. Well, thank you for spending such a long time talking about this stuff with me. I never mind. I will talk about fitness for hours. So (laughs) it's a very uh, fun topic for me. All right. That was Georgia Daniels, one of our own here at UVA, really making strides there in the fitness community. Make sure you go follow her on all of her social media accounts so you can see how she grows and continues to thrive. That's all from me and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.